City Club Youth Forums are sponsored by AT&T. We're grateful for their generous support. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the final Youth Forum of the school year. I'm Abigail Orasania, a member of the Youth Forum Council, and we are so glad that you decided to join us for today's meaningful conversation, a conversation on conquering fear for positive change. Today's forum features select winners from the Maltz Museum of Jewish Heritage annual Stop the Hate contest and the City Club of Cleveland's Hope and Stanley Edelstein Free Speech Essay Contest. In their 14th annual Stop the Hate Youth Speak Out and Youth Sing Out contest, the Maltz Museum raised the question of how students have chosen to be agents of positive change when experiencing acts of injustice, racism, bigotry, and discrimination. Recently, there has been increasing controversy over what should and shouldn't be taught in classrooms, from critical race theory to Florida's parental rights in education bill. Winston Churchill famously said, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. In the 2022 Hope and Stanley Edelstein essay contest, the City Club asked students to reflect on important lessons learned at school about our nation's history. Are there specific aspects of our history that deserve more attention or certain topics that should not be taught at school? How would limiting what teachers teach complicate our idea of freedom of expression? Our panelists are here today to shed light on some of these questions. Today, we have the honor of hearing from this year's esteemed contest winners. First, Jacqueline Hudak at Lakewood High School. Next, Sanjana Katiar at Strongsville High School. And finally, Kira Ritzman at Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. Here to guide our discussion is Youth Forum Council Outreach Coordinator, Aditya Kalahasti. Aditya, I turn the forum over to you. Thanks, Abigail. Um, so as you heard, I'm Aditya Kalahasti, the um, Youth Forum Outreach Coordinator. And today we're just gonna be having kind of a free range discussion with each of the essay winners and essay participants about the topics that they had written about. So primarily just to start off with, each of the essay winners are gonna read off a brief excerpt from their essays, just something that they found particularly meaningful and important. So to start off with, we're gonna start with Sanjana Katiar. Sure. Why is something that 1.8 billion individuals around the world experience so stigmatized? Why must we create code words for something that is natural? Why is it shamed upon to discuss normal and healthy topics about our evolving bodies? These are questions I ask myself every day. As a woman, I am ashamed by the way society has shaped the conversation around menstruation. The stigma continues to be infiltrated into innocent minds, even in the 21st century. Even today, young women grow up thinking they have to conceal what their bodies are going through naturally instead of embracing it. The media has negatively influenced menstruators to refer to it as shark week or that time of the month, rather than accepting it for what it is and not being afraid to call it a period. So now we're gonna turn it over to Kira Ritzman to read out a brief excerpt. Okay. Many elected officials disparage critical race theory, arguing that racial injustices such as slavery, systemic racism, and segregation should not be taught in schools in order to keep children from harm. In some states, this has led to legislation being passed preventing critical race theory from school curriculums altogether. This is incredibly cowardly. 
By not teaching critical race theory, students are not kept from harm. Instead, they are actually being sheltered from the hard realities of our history that continue to affect society today. By not teaching critical race theory, students are not pro properly equipped to face the harsh truths of the world. By not teaching critical race theory, the very issues that the theory stands for will not only continue, but potentially worsen. By not teaching critical race theory, we as a society are turning a blind eye to pressing issues that should be addressed in order for society to grow in equity of opportunity. As stated in Scientific American, removing con conversations around race in society removes truth and reality from education. For these reasons, for these reasons, legislation prohibiting critical race theory in school curriculums is not right in a society that is built upon equality and liberty for all. Why choose to go around a problem when one can go through it? The best way to go through this problem is to objectively teach critical race theory in schools by focusing on historical differences and opportunities among whites versus African-Americans. And finally, with the excerpt, we'll hear from Jacqueline. Hi, fluorescent lights showed down on us. Shadows of petrified girl cast on the gym floor. Sweat dripped from the forehead of every female athlete as we lined up on the baseline. It was a moment of uniting and separating fear. If you're over 5'6 and under 150 pounds, step forward. Everyone else, look at the girls that I will pick for the varsity volleyball team. I was astonished. The newly hired volleyball coach had no ideas that the players left on the baseline had more skill than half the people he called forward. Still, those unselected girls were so traumatized from the body shaming that they were reduced to that they never came back to another open gym, practice, or tryout. The reoccurring body shaming of female athletes in sports leads to a lifetime of harmful self-deprecation. This cycle needs to be stopped for young girls to have self-confidence and to express gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. So for viewers just tuning in, obviously there's a pretty diverse range of topics that we're hearing from today, but just for a kind of open-ended uh, question to start it off, um, what's been some of your experiences for each of the panelists with kind of these different topics that you've discussed about, either within your school or maybe within your personal life, although probably within school is a little bit less personal. Um, and for this question, we can start off with anyone if they just want to jump in. Right. So my essay highlighted about the the stigmatization that menstruation has, and I've seen it in you know all forms of my life at school and outside of school. You know, it's still considered a taboo topic. You know, even in the twenty first century. So when I see people not wanting to you know embrace what we're talking about and talk about it in an open matter. It just confuses me as to why people still think it's something that needs to be hid. And in my school, you know, I talked about in my essay how menstrual products, so you still have to pay for them. They're not free. So I um, explained what I'm trying to do to create free products. So since these periods are not inevitable, people should just have access to these products. Um, I would say for me, so my topic was critical race theory and up until this essay i had never even heard of this before so at first i think me along with a lot of my classmates like we jumped to conclusions on what this theory is and what it means and so i think it was really good for me to be able to actually do research and develop my own 
understanding of what this um, theory actually is. And I think a lot of people are quick to assume that the theory is talking about something that basically says that if you're white, you are born inherently racist, which that is not at all what it means or what it stands for. And so I think that through writing this essay, I've been able to really get a firm, a firmer understanding of like the complexity of this issue. And so I think it's been really cool and beneficial for me to be able to learn more about this. Yeah, definitely my topic being body positivity, especially with females. I feel like it pertains a lot to school and social environments. And I've really just been happy to kind of spread the message. And it can be like a stigmatized topic or, or hard for people to talk about because it is talking about insecurities. So um, I've been really, I think it has really benefited everyone. And uh, especially with all our sports, I go to Lakewood High School, all of our sports teams have kind of been more open to the discussion and um, just a lot more welcoming to ideas of how we can kind of make people feel more included and understanding that you, your value as an athlete or a person is not determined by the way you look. So another kind of question actually springing off a lot of the things you talked about is obviously a big influence and maybe one of like the biggest stakeholders in this issue is obviously students or people of our generation. So what have been kind of the discussions or shall we say topics surrounding some of the issues that you've chosen within your own school community, especially among students? Oh, anyone can jump in for this one if they want. I think for me, I sort of mentioned this earlier, um, a lot of my peers, and I wasn't sure at first either, we like kind of thought that originally the critical race theory was just generalizing all white people into being inherently automatically racist. And so that generated a lot of discussion because there were some people saying, this is what the theory stands for, this is what it means. And then there's others who are kind of questioning that and um, doing the research to realize that that's actually not what the theory is saying. So. Mm -hmm. I think my essay has helped start new conversations because originally there hasn't been a lot of open and candid conversations. So when I had one, my teacher had uh, shown my essay to the class. And I feel like that's a great step, you know, because you're showing it to all genders and they're able to see it from a different perspective and now see that they can be a part of the change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of positive feedback, especially um, from some of the girls that also went through that experience and just um, kind of just saying like, thank you or um, congratulating me for talking about the topic because it is something that we all went through. And I was really happy to see like everyone's positive reactions from it because I hadn't um, told anyone that's what I was going to write about. So just seeing everyone's reactions and um, kind of uncovering something that happened to us uh, had a really, really nice feeling. Yeah, so um, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, emphasis on particularly just like increasing dialogue, especially among students, a lot about this. Um, so kind of in like a wider view, again, a lot of these topics have been particularly debated in like politics as well as like general 
media and society. So what have been kind of your experiences with seeing that on like a wider scale or maybe some of your responses to those? I feel like that's a really big question, so I'll, I can give you a second to think about it. Okay, so I actually have a little section in my essay where I talked about how many elected officials don't talk about critical race theory or they actually like are trying to um, make it so that it's not taught in schools. And in my theory, like or in my essay, I like strongly went against this idea because I actually read this in the excerpt that I read in the beginning of this forum, but um, by not teaching it in schools, like it's kind of just turning a blind eye to all the students. It's not, it's sheltering them from realities that need to be talked about in order for people to, in order for racism to lessen in society and for us to grow together. And so I think it's interesting to like, for me, I don't really understand why some politicians would not want or not politicians, but just officials to not want to talk about this theory. So that's kind of what I thought about that. Yeah, in my essay and the excerpt I read out, I talked about how the media is sometimes characterizing periods to be referred to as different names. So just the sense of telling people to refer to it as Shark Week or that time of the month or the Crimson Tide, it's honestly just telling little girls that, you know, you don't need to call it a period, you can just hide it under these words. So my response has just been to provide proper education about these topics and showing people that it's okay to call it a period. You know, it's nothing that has to be hidden or done in shame. Um, well, my topic is, I feel like it's more recent of a revolution. So I've definitely seen a lot in like social media and, um, I think your internet might be cutting on a little. Oh, sorry, Jacqueline, I think we lost you there for a second. Oh, looks. oh she'll probably come on soon, I think. Um, so meanwhile, we can probably ask another question and then we'll come back to Jacqueline when she hops back on. Um, so kind of in that same vein of thought, what do each of you think can be done to maybe increase a lot of dialogue related to each of your topics, whether it's within schools or generally within broader society? Yeah, so um, in my essay, I also talked about how during when we were educated about periods in school, girls and boys were separated. And I think that's where the stigma surrounding periods started, right? Because girls were in one room and boys were in another, right? So they aren't being exposed to these topics and they aren't being exposed to the truth of these topics. They're only hearing the biases and the stigmas, right? So I think having education where everyone is together and they're learning about the actual science behind it would be extremely beneficial to helping the stigma not propel into future generations. So I wrote that um, rather than claiming that whites are inherently racist, critical race theory shines a light on the fact that throughout history, whites have been provided with opportunities that minority groups have been hindered from altogether, which leads to social structures that add to injustice and inequality. So that being said, the way that um, I propose to 
help this is by just simply teaching in schools from all ages, just the social differences between opportunity between like a African-American generational line compared to a white generational line. And it instead of um, teaching things that could lead to people getting offended, it's more just teaching like pure statistics and just showing that um, whites had more opportunities from the very beginning that have led to results today that have put them at a advantage that a lot of minority groups are not at. So once again, it sounds like another kind of big theme is more inclusive conversation. So kind of just pushing on that a little bit more, what do you think are some kind of more benefits of possibly more inclusive conversations or bridging together gaps that have traditionally existed? I think one major benefit is that the stigma can start to become eliminated, right? So with open conversations, you're you're providing platforms and discussions where people can actually actively ask questions and be involved in the truth of the matter and not just thinking that in old generations that that's what has to continue currently. Yeah, similarly, I would just say um, starting to teach critical race theory in schools so that people are aware of the true meaning of it, and then it'll become more normalized and people will be better educated on the topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds, so once again, that kind of topic of education is really big. In kind of wider society or politics, are there any things that you think could be better implemented, maybe on like a state basis or even on possibly a wider basis to kind of encourage those more inclusive conversations? Um, Well, if you have free products in school um, for every menstruator that has equal access to it, because it's not something they're choosing to do, right? Like having your period is inevitable. So having free products can continue to provide better education. And when I had met the mayor, he was talking about how he had introduced legislation to get free products in Cleveland City Hall, and he's going to continue to provide more legislation to get free products in the Cleveland City District. So I think if we continue on with this movement, we can seek real positive change. Yeah, I think that the state government should come up with a curriculum with just objective, an objective curriculum that doesn't leave room for critics to change the theory into something that is racist and can be taken the wrong way. And this curriculum should just, like I said earlier, just have pure statistics of like the differences in opportunity that minorities versus whites have faced to help just, it's just a fact and it's it won't leave any room for people to redefine what the theory means. Mm-hmm. Um, so now going a little bit in depth with your specific topic. So for Kira, are there any maybe specific topics within history that you think should be maybe more involved in school or maybe some more classes that you think should be expanded to be slightly more inclusive? Um, I think that topics involving voting rights, like for African-Americans, topics like voting rights, um, banking loans, banking loans, um, 
and redlining that prohibited African-Americans from having more opportunity, I think those need to be focused on a lot more because by looking at like the pure opportunity suppressors that they had to face compared to whites, it would really just explain the theory more. Um, and for Sunshine, I know that you mentioned some very specific policies aimed around increasing access. Um, so within schools, are there any specific ways that you could see this implemented? Maybe like more inclusive conversation earlier in school or any other ways? I think um, just having the conversation open to everyone would be the best way to try to seek positive change in this topic. You know, if everyone's involved, then they can all be taught about this and hopefully the stigma can be reduced. So once again, within schools, it's obviously been a very big issue. Um, within communities that you've had within, for example, like Northeastern Cleveland or maybe within Cleveland in general or within the area itself, are there any kind of different policies or discussions that you've seen arise? Yeah, well, the mayor had talked about how he will look into, you know, proposing legislation to gain free products. So I feel like conversation is now starting and which is what's needed to continue to seek. Sorry, my internet's cutting out very slightly. Ah, there we are. Um, Kira, did you have any kind of experiences with those inclusive conversations, maybe within Cleveland or within the general community area? Um, not specifically like in um, larger groups, but I know that I'm like personal, with my personal relationships, I've been able to like educate people who haven't like my friends or family members who haven't been aware of what this, what the critical race theory is. I know that I have definitely had some good conversations because of this essay. I've been able to understand it better and share my knowledge with them too. So. Mm -hmm. So branching off a little from those very specific conversations within community, are there any experiences within perhaps your culture that you might have experienced with these kind of topics? Um, not yet is what I would say, but I'm looking to continue researching this and trying to connect with other people who I would like to hear other perspectives on it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Sanjana? Yeah, I also agree with Kira. I just think that I'd provide other perspectives and then just everyone is coming together and finally being open to this topic and talking about it because that's how we create change. You know, talking about it, seeing what needs to be done and then actually executing on it is how we will fix this. Mm -hmm. um, thanks so much for the great conversation. So at this time, we'll switch over very quickly to our mid-form speaker, Zoe. Um, uh, hello. 
Am I? There we go. Good afternoon. My name is Zoe Ellendogan, and I am a junior at Shaker Heights High School, a member of the Youth Forum Council. Today, we are doing a Youth Forum panel discussing conquering fear for change. Our panelists today are Sanjana Katiar at Strongville High School, Kira Ritzman at Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, and lastly, thank you to Jacqueline Hulak at Lakewood High School, who unfortunately had to leave us due to technical issues. We will now start the Q&A portion of our forum. We welcome and encourage questions from everyone, city club members, guests, and students. To ask questions, you can either text your question to 330-541-5794 or tweet it to at City Club Youth, and we will ask the panelists your question as time allows. Here to guide our discussion is Youth Forum Council Outreach Coordinator Aditya Kalasti. Aditya, I turn the forum back over to you. Thanks, Zoe. So in the first half, we obviously talked a lot about the different topics within the essay. So now why don't we pivot a little bit more maybe to the writing process. So our first audience question is, um, can you describe your writing process and how did you choose your angle for the prompt questions? Well, honestly, I just sat in my bed and I had read the prompt and I was, the key thing that stuck out to me in the prompt was the courage to seek positive change. So I thought of things I've seen in my life and what I have done. And I was like, menstruation is a great topic for this, right? Because there's not a lot of conversations that happen around this. So just having the courage to do something about it and then write about it was a great platform for me to express what I've seen and what we can now do to move forward. For me, the writing process was a little bit different just because critical race theory was in the prompt. And I, like I said earlier, I was not aware of critical race theory and I really had no idea what it meant. So my first instinct was to just Google critical race theory. And the first definition that I saw was pretty confusing to me. So I really had to continue looking until I could kind of get a variety of different perspectives on what people thought the theory, well, what they think the theory is. And from all those perspectives, I kind of put together what I understand it the best as. And once I had a better understanding of the theory, I was able to continue writing and talk about what I think the state and government should do in order to teach this theory in schools. Mm -hmm. So our second audience question, also kind of based on the process, is um, can you describe what new things you learned during the process on writing your essays? Could you repeat the question, please? Oh, sorry. Um, can you describe what new things you learned during the process of writing your essays? I think for me, more just, I learned about what critical race theory is. Is that what the person's asking? I'm a little bit confused if they are wondering if what we learned while like about our writing or about the topics that we were given. I think it's maybe more about the topics that you were given. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I just learned specifically that critical race theory is a theory that is shining a light on the differences that um, the differences between the opportunities that whites 
versus African Americans and other minorities have been given and how those, um, it's an objective theory. It's not trying to leave room for critics to redefine it and say that it's racist because in reality, it's just showing that whites have been given opportunities that have helped them to become overall at a higher point to accomplish more things than minorities. Mm -hmm. So when I was writing, I wanted to start off with a nice hook. So I had researched how many people experience um, menstruation and it was 1.8 billion people. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is an insanely large number. And there's still so much stigma surrounding that. And then I had also learned that there are so many health problems that arise from not having access to healthy and clean products, you know, and especially in third world countries where they don't have access to necessarily more environmentally friendly and just safe products in general, so many health issues can arise from that. And that just astonished me that this is something that people aren't choosing to do. This is something that is happening naturally, yet there are so many consequences that come from not being able to have the situations to provide for them. So our next audience question is, what was the most challenging aspect of writing essays about difficult and complex topics such as critical race theory and menstruation? I think the most challenging aspect didn't actually come from me having to write it, but like as I was writing it, me realizing, like sinking in how much this stigma has been infiltrated into young minds. You know, as I was writing, I I constantly was thinking, how are people still thinking this? Why are people still thinking this? So I think the most challenging thing was more of like a mental realization that this bias is still there. And what can I do to remove the bias and have proper education going forward? Um, for me, the most difficult thing was understanding the theory. And even now, I, I'm still not fully there yet. But my dad actually really helped me with understanding it more because he provided me with this really good analogy of basically saying, like, imagine um, critical race theory is basically shining a light on imagining, like, there's a marathon that has to be run by a minority and um, a white person. And the white person gets to start at the 13 mile mark, whereas the minority would have to start at the zero mile mark. So that analogy kind of really helped me to understand it better. But overall, the understanding of the theory itself was for me the most difficult part of writing my essay. So our next question is on a little bit of a different uh, Track. So what are your college or plans beyond school and what are you passionate about? Okay. Um, for college, so I'm a junior. I am not sure where I want to go to college yet. I'm still in that process, but I do know that I want to play soccer in college. So that definitely plays a part into where I'm how I'm trying to find a school. So I would say I'm passionate about soccer for sure. And I'm excited to play in college. 
same with Kira. I haven't really decided where I want to go, but I know that I want to go to medical school and become an OBGYN. You know, I would say my passion just comes from helping people, you know, tying it back to menstruation. I had run a, um, a menstrual product drive in my school where everything that was collected was donated to a local women's shelter for battered women. So I would definitely say I'm passionate about helping people and seeking change is something I want to continue to do in my future life. I can certainly attest as a senior that it's a very fun process. Um, so the next question is, um, if you could host your own essay contest, what topics would you choose and why, knowing what you now know? It's a hard question. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Take your time. It's a, it's a deep question. Yeah. I think my essay topic might be a very unique one, but it would be like write about something you question. You know, I feel like if people can write about something they question, then they can after they can just introspect and see what they can do about the something they question and see the change they can make from that. Um, I think, so I go to a Christian school. I've grown up in a Christian environment for my whole life. And something that I think also has a lot of controversy, controversy is um, the Christian subculture. And there's a lot of debate I think right now, especially about different um, things such as misogyny and honestly racism that are really present in evangelical churches. And I'd be curious to see people's responses on an essay topic involving that. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next question is, how did you feel when you won the contest? I felt extremely happy, you know, I felt overjoyed, but I also felt a sense of gratitude because I was grateful that I had the platform provided by the Maltz Museum to speak about a topic that often isn't sp spoke about. And then I could see, I'm still seeing it now, the conversations that came out of it. So I myself was happy, but I just felt happy that I can provide better education for everyone around me too. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was really excited and I was also really grateful because this essay, like it really helped me personally to learn a lot more and understand more about our society and the history of our society. And it gives me hope for where the what the future can hold, so. Yeah, so both of your responses really nicely touched on the next question. That's, um, since we're still students, how did you feel about the contest as a way of getting our voices heard? I think it was an excellent way to get our voices heard and then also hear about our peers' voices. You know, with the Maltz Museum uh, essay contest, there were nine other finalists and a thousand other participants. So there were so many voices being heard, so many stories being shared that it was just a great way for people to talk about what they're going through, what they've seen and what they're gonna do to change it. 
I agree. And I also think that it's really cool that um, students are able to give their voices because we offer a different perspective. We're young. And I think it's really cool that we're not just looking for certain age groups to give their perspectives on topics. So I really like it. So the next question, kind of going back to some of our other discussions on the US and society is, um, how optimistic do you feel about the change that can happen about your topic? And do you think things are getting better and how? Also a pretty deep question. I think that if people are willing to have an open mind about my topic, especially in really any topic, I think that um, they'll be more willing to change, especially if the state government is able to make an objective curriculum regarding critical race theory. If you have an open mind, I really don't see how you can not want it to be taught because it's really just helping it's really just advocating for equality more. And I think that if people are able to have that open mind, then things will be able to get better. It's just about the mindset. Yeah, I agree with Kira. Just coming to the table with an open mind and willing to learn, accept, and grow is what's key. And I think I am optimistic about seeing change, but I feel like we still have a long way to go before people can just realize that this is completely natural. You know, I there's so many biases that have just been through generations that are still stuck in some people's minds today. So removing that first is how we can see change. So I am optimistic about it. I just know we're still a long ways out. Right, there's still a lot of discussion happening around both topics. So um, the next question is also kind of on the lines of your personal experiences. Um, was this your first time writing an essay for a contest? Uh, do you plan to write more? Your essays are very good. Um, and finally, why did you decide to enter the contest? You can go. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is actually my first time writing um, an essay for a contest. My English teacher had provided us with this opportunity and I thought about it and I was like, I should really enter this. I feel like my voice has the power to make a change. And I definitely think I will enter more essay contests because I can just see how powerful my voice is. And I'd love to hear the, sh the stories of everyone else's too. This is also my first essay contest and um, I love writing. And I think that it's a really, this is a really cool platform and opportunity for me. And I do plan on writing more for that reason. And I entered the contest because my teacher, we like, yeah, my teacher just introduced us to the whole prompt and topic. Mm -hmm. um, so the next question is, was there anything you didn't get to include in your essays that you wanted to? You know, there's always something that's left out in these essay making processes. Well, recently in this forum, I had touched upon how there are extremely unsafe health problems that arise from not having access to free and safe products in a lot of countries. I didn't put that into my essay because obviously there's a word count on a lot of things, um, but I still was researching and researching that, and that was the something new that popped up to me. Mm -hmm.
So in my essay, I mentioned how um, whites have more of an opportunity for meritocracy than minorities. And meritocracy is like a whole other topic. And I actually wrote a paper on that for a different class. And it also really interests me and it kind of ties hand in hand with critical race theory. Meritocracy is basically like the American dream that if you, whoever, anybody can work really, really hard and reach whatever they want in America. And in my paper for the other class, I talked a lot about that and how it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, so I think it, I would have liked to include that more in this paper, but um, yeah. Um, so the next question is a little bit more on current topics. Um, what do both of you think about everything going on with the recent Supreme Court draft ruling and how it relates to their own topics? Also a pretty deep question. Do you think you could repeat the question, the bell went off and then the internet also went out at the same time, so I did not hear a lot. Yeah, no worries. Um, so what do both of you think about everything going on with the recent Supreme Court controversies with their draft ruling and how it re might relate to your own individual topics? Very detailed question. I think the question is also in the side chat if you need to reference back to it. I think that it's a really complex topic and I'm still trying to become more educated on everything going on right now so that I'm not too quick to just jump to conclusions on what my peers might be thinking or saying. So I don't wanna to speak too soon because I'm not actually educated enough to say anything yet without having too much bias. And so I, yeah, I can't really say how it relates to my topic yet. I'm gonna try to become more informed on that though. I agree with Kira. I feel the same way. You know, I feel like my topic relates a little bit, but at the same time, it's a little bit different. So I'm still trying to understand the impact of both of them before I say something. Mm -hmm. um, so another kind of question that I was thinking of earlier, actually, with the writing process is, was there any difficulty that you had when researching very specific parts of your topic or really anything within your essays? maybe in terms of sources or just like the online dialogue about it? 
I wouldn't say so necessarily. You know, a lot of, I'd say 90% of my essay was my own experience. So that all happened through what I've experienced in life and wrote about. So I didn't have to do a lot of researching for my essay because it was all about recounting stories of your life and explaining it. Same with me. I didn't really have any specific trouble finding anything. Um, I was able to find a lot of statistics on land owning differences between like farmers, between um, African-American farmers and white farmers and like the, um, yeah, just more statistics that really just strengthened my claim. And then even when I did kind of run out of arguments, which I didn't really, but I still had my dad's help and he gave me that analogy that I said earlier and that also helped. So I don't think I really had trouble finding things. Right. Um, so our final question for today is going to be, what was something that was surprising about your topic? So I think both of you mentioned kind of brief things earlier, but if there's anything else that you want to include. Um, for me, one of the specific statistics that like really surprised me was that African-American farmers were six times more likely to be foreclosed on than white farmers from 2006 to 2016. So that was very surprising to me. Yeah, something surprising to me was another statistic, which was that 1.8 billion individuals around the world go through menstruation. And I just think such a large number it doesn't equate to the fact that there's still so much bias and stigma with that topic. Um, so with that, um, I believe that brings an end to all of our questions. Um, thank you so much for all the amazing conversation and topics in your own experiences. And now I'll turn it over to our closing speaker, Aparna. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Aparna Srikanth, a junior at Solon High School and a member of the Youth Forum Council. Today's forum featured a discussion about combating adversity and creating positive change within communities. Joining us today were Jacqueline Hudak, a junior at Lakewood High School, Sanjana Katiyar, a junior at Strongsville High School, and finally Kira Ritzman, a junior at Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. Our moderator today was Youth Forum Council Outreach Coordinator, Aditya Kalahasti. City Club Youth Forums are sponsored by AT&T with additional support from the Doris C. Michalski Trust. We are grateful for their support. All City Club virtual forums are sponsored by Bank of America, the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, and PNC, and the many more generous members, sponsors, and donors listed on their website at cityclub.org. You can join them in supporting that work when you make a contribution online or become a member at cityclub.org. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit cityclub.org in August for information on joining the council for the 2022-2023 school year. Our forum is now adjourned. <laughs>